0: This is the Interledger bi-weekly call. It's the 30th of September. Um, on the agenda today, we're going to discuss uh, TPAC, W3C's uh, technical, plenary and AC meeting. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the Java connector. Maybe we can expand a little into um, uh, discussion around some of the other connectors, maintenance thereof, and so on. Um, then interested to talk about Call cadence, community engagement, maybe more generally, I can give a a short update or maybe Brianna wants to give an update on what's happening around the website. Uh, And then we'll see if there's any other business to cover by then. So I'm going to kick things off. Uh, TPAC, for those who are not aware, is the annual technical plenary of W3C um it's a combined technical plenary and ac meeting so the way w3c works is uh, all of the member organizations have an advisory committee representative so the advisory committee of the w3c is effectively like the the main governance um so sort of organization each member ha- each member company has a single ac rep um, we vote on various things and and we have ac meetings twice a year But the second one, which happens around this time of the year, is combined with a technical plenary. So normally it's a week-long event. Uh, The last one was in Japan. Um, lots of fun catching up with people we work with in working groups, mostly remotely throughout the year, um, but also a lot of really good working sessions, in-person working sessions, and then breakout sessions, opportunity for people to get together outside of their normal working groups, uh, discuss new topics, new ideas. And last year, what we did um, as COIL was we sponsored T-back and used the opportunity to... Um, All attend, so a bunch of us attended, not all, uh, not just me, as the Red. And we uh, hosted some breakout sessions on wave monetization and and talking a bit about Interledger um, at that TPAC meeting. Obviously, this year, given um, the huge restrictions on travel and and meeting and so on, uh, TPAC's happening happening virtually. It's being spread out over a few weeks um, to accommodate time zones. Obviously, there's only a small band of time in each day where um there's potential for people from all over the world to gather so um t kicking off already next week with a few meetings uh and over the next three weeks there'll be meetings for various working groups breakouts and so on um coil are sponsoring again so very happy to say we're we're one of the sponsors um, and we'll also be hosting um, some sessions as a result of that. And I'll share the details of those on the forum and by the mailing list. Um, we're still finalizing the specifics, but at this point, it's looking like we're going to host a panel session on on payments um, and a Q&A around that as well as um, I'm going to be presenting a session to the payments working group on uh, a kind of update on Um, interledger web monetization open payments uh, and where all of those things are what's happening um, what's you know what's changed since we last presented the ideas at tpac last year Um, so that's a very quick sort of overview of tpac and what's happening but very happy to take some questions and also suggestions of things that would be worth uh putting in the sessions, discussing, um, or, or, you know, anything else that people are interested in hearing about. So, floor's open.
1: Adrian, is there, is there a good way for the community to participate in these? Like, is it, is it just go to W3C and register or some other thing?
0: So um, the working group meetings are closed to working group members. You can ask to be um, you can ask to be an observer in a working group meeting if your company is not a um, participant in the working group. Most of that has to do with like IP and so on. So most of a lot of the process at W3C is around protecting uh, the royalty free nature of all the specs. So when people participate in a working group, they need to make sure that. Um, uh, specs go through like stage gates where there's IP commitments by all the participants and so on. So you have to explicitly opt in to being part of a working group. And if you're part of that working group, you can attend sessions. If you're not, you can request to attend as a guest. Um, So I think David, uh, Ripple are members. um, So you could definitely attend if you wanted to. And I can dig up details on how to do that for you. The community group stuff is more open. Um, I haven't heard details yet on how community groups are meeting for this virtual TPAC. So um, I'll go and find out a bit more about that and share the details. Um, maybe we you know, we can coincide our next call um, with uh, call at the sort of ILP community group meeting, but it would take a similar format to our, our bi-weekly call anyway. Um, so really nothing kind of unique about that. Um, beyond that, no, it's, yeah, it's, there's not a hell of a lot really that people can do if you're not a W3C member. Um, the the various mailing lists and things that are public. Um, you can follow kind of any announcements that come will generally be put out as press releases as well. Um, but that's a yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I can I can try and get distill a sort of a list of um, events and things that are happening that are open for public participation, as well as ones that are open for uh, members. Um, so that would that would count for anyone on the call who's a part of a member organization. I know Coil and Ripple both are. Um, if anyone else is um, from another company and is interested, uh, they can definitely reach out, and I can find out find out what the process would be. So uh, in terms of dates, sorry, um, let me just um, give you an idea. The 23rd of October is when I'll be having my session within the payments working group um, talking about web monetization um, and it's ledger. I've got a 30-minute slot during that that session. Um, But the sort of payments panel and Q&A and so on will likely happen during breakout week, which is the preceding week. So not next week, but the following. Um, And the day for that hasn't been confirmed yet, but I'll share that on the forum and on Slack when we're Okay. Uh, if there's no other questions around TPAC or uh, any discussions, let me uh, hand over to George, who had a question about the Java IOP connector.
2: Yep. Thanks. So at the moment, I'm working on integrating the Hyperledger IROCA settlement engine with the Java connector. I've demoed the Hyperledger IROCA settlement engine uh, in the last community call. So, I, I'm trying to replace the Ripple settlement engine in the integration tests of the Java connector. However, I've noticed that there is a discrepancy between the implementation of the Java connector and the specification of the interledger protocol, uh, more specifically in the setup account action for uh, the settlement engine. So from what I've understood from the specification in the setup account action, the connector is supposed to pass uh, the settlement account identifier to the settlement engine. However, the Java connector seems to pass null as the settlement uh, account identifier and the settlement engine is supposed to generate the settlement account identifier. That is for the Java connector, but the specification from what I've understood uh, specifies that the connector should pass a valid settlement account identifier to the settlement engine. So I'm not sure which is the correct way to uh, do this.
1: Yeah, I would, I would defer to the spec uh it's been a while since I've been in that code, so apologies for not having like a definitive answer for you here um, If memory serves, we just added more flexibility to the java connector uh, so it should support the spec and then like if the, I can't remember if the spec is silent on an empty value or or what it says but I feel like if it's generating an account somehow automatically, that's maybe either a bug or it's uh, something we added as a helper. I need to go go in specifically to double check that.
2: I guess the specification is silent about this, but I've also looked at the Ethereum uh, settlement engine that is written in Rust. And the Ethereum settlement engine in the setup account action also Uh, calls the messages endpoint of the connector in order to exchange uh, the Ethereum ledger identifiers. And if the Java connector passes null as the settlement engine account identifier, then this call to the messages endpoint of the connector in order to exchange ledger identifier will fail.
3: Yeah, it looks like, like, I think per my interpretation of the spec is the ID uh, needs to be passed in the body of the setup account request. I think the reason um, the implementations may have been more lax is I, I think we went back and forth on that a few times like oh if they don't pass an ID you know then the settlement engine can generate that and return it. Um, I think we settled no pun intended on uh just the connector generating an ID and always passing that in the request, which is to say, I if the if it's if that's if it's passing null in uh, if the Java connector is passing null, then I think that's probably a a bug.
2: I see. Because I also looked at the there's a framework called Settlement Core call written in JavaScript that is like a general framework for building settlement engines. And in the implementation, if in the implementation of the setup account action in settlement core, if uh, the settlement engine receives no ident- settlement account identifier, it generates, uh, it automatically generates a new uh, random uh, GUID. For the settlement account ID and the Ripple settlement engine uses settlement core so it works with the Java connector but if I replace the Ripple settlement engine with the Ethereum settlement engine for example it doesn't work because the Ethereum settlement engine expects a valid settlement account identifier and the Hyperledger Aeroha settlement engine that I've implemented works uh, more or less in the same way as the Ethereum settlement engine and it expects a valid settlement account identifier to be passed uh, by the connector to the settlement engine.
1: And do we know the spec is just silent? Is that... Uh, from spec- what...
3: Like, like the... I don't think the spec is silent. Like the... Like in the request, it shows it passing the ID. Um, yeah, that's what I know. But it doesn't say
2: that the ID must be a valid one; it can also be null, from what I've understood. But yeah, I am mean. Oh, you're saying like an empty familiar. string or maybe. Yeah.
1: Hmm. yeah, I mean this is. Probably something we should clarify in the spec, um, as it stands now. I, it's probably like unclear what's normative. I know, uh, for me, I I tend to prefer the systems that own accounts to control their own identity space. So that's probably why you see the Java connector doing like not passing an ID in because it's like wanting the settlement engine to own that identifier. Um, but it's a good point, like the other settlement engines do different things, so I, I think our options here are to tighten the spec to say no, nope, um, the connector owns the identifier, and the settlement engine has to do whatever the connector gives it, and, and should always. Or we could go the other way around and say like it it should always let the settlement engine generate the ID. Or
3: you know a third would be like both are valid yeah i mean i i think we like there there was i think there was a lot of debate about this i i as i re, like i think the conclusion or the consensus uh we came to is like the connector own like should own the i uh the i d space um that uh i'd like um that could potentially minimize issues if the settlement engine tries to use their own like Ledger ID space, and then like that creates conflicts or, or, you know, leaks information, different things. Um,
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I'm just looking at the uh, the spec. It seems pretty clear to be saying that the connector um, should tell the Settlement Engine that a new account was created and, and provide the account identifier, so. Seems like maybe this is just a bug in the Java connector, George? I see.
2: Okay, I could file an issue there maybe.
1: Yeah, that'd be helpful and it may, you know, it's interesting in settlement core, it's trying to be helpful, but it's sort of enabling, (laughs) right? Yeah.
0: Yep. (laughs) Sounds like we we have a consensus. Yeah, cool. That's good. Glad that, glad that we, uh, we had a useful, a useful session there to, to, to figure that out. So, so we, David, are you comfortable then that, um, the spec says what it needs to say, no changes there. It's just code changes required.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, okay, cool. it's not like it could theoretically be tightened, I guess, but I don't think it needs to be. I think it's my read of the spec, it, it doesn't seem like anything's really missing. So I'm, I'm happy with it.
0: Okay, cool. George, um, if you, yeah, if you don't mind logging an issue, that'd be I'm sure really helpful to, uh, to David and the, the folks right Yep, yep. I right? will do that. Cool. Um, so that brings us to the last topic, which was sort of uh, meeting cadence. Um, what prompted me to bring this up was the fact that we haven't had a lot of topics to discuss of late. Um, but I was wondering maybe if I broaden this topic a little bit and, and ask everyone on the call. Um, a lot of familiar names and faces here and, and now, uh, especially last couple of calls, folks getting involved in the project for the first time, building implementations of some of the specs. That's really great. Thanks, George, and and Co. Um, what would you guys like to use this time for? Like what are the t- types of things you would like to discuss more of these sort of technical topics? Um, do people have, you know, ideas in mind of how we can use this time constructively because I don't want to waste everyone's time every two weeks, you know, to spend an hour on a call where we just sort of trying to come up with things to discuss, uh, seems, you know, disrespectful of people's time. But at the same time, uh, this is this can be really useful time and and really valuable and, and a lot more useful than asynchronous forum or Slack conversations. So um, does anyone have any ideas of things we could do to make this uh, biweekly call more productive, or um, would you be happy to move it to a shorter cadence and until we have um, potentially in the future more more to fill the 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 call, more topics to discuss?
1: I personally like the uh, two week cadence only because it's it's like a touch point with community and in like worst case if we don't have anything to talk about we end early and get the time back. Um, so I'm I'm not so bothered that uh, sometimes we're ending early. I, I expect like this may be just a temporary thing. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah
0: like and let me, let me sort of uh, just uh, provide some context there. So, you know, historically, this has been a community call. Uh, the community has done a lot of building and experimenting and so on ourselves. And I, I think, you know, a lot of people in the community have expressed, like, their frustration with not being able to do that much experimentation of late. And, and we kind of, we went through a good uh, phase of work on open payments, and now we're sort of waiting a little bit on uh, the ability to use the network like for real money and build things on it. So um, I fully expect that to happen. I'm I'm, I'm, like discussions I personally had or have heard being had where, you know, the likes of GitHub uphold the wallets um, are really positive. So I am hopeful that in the future, there will be a lot more that the community can do directly and proactively. Um, But maybe we're just going through a little bit of a lull period so so that's the context there sorry david i I interrupted you
1: yeah no uh makes sense i guess i'm kind of ambivalent like i um i I wouldn't be upset if we moved to like a monthly call but i also uh feel fine keeping the current schedule so
4: yeah actually i want to like talk quickly to something you said adrian in terms of like um i agree that people don't feel like they can contribute um, but I think that that's much more of a um, sort of communications issue because I think both of the wallets as well as Coil and, and everyone else in the network, is very much open to, you know, also contributions or like if somebody wanted to, you know, peer with one of us just for like testing purposes or something like that, we'd definitely be open to having that conversation. So I think there's maybe a bit of a communications issue where like the people who are on the network who are, are actually quite, in interested in other contributors joining and like you kind of have to imagine like if, you, if I want to start a company around intelligent I kind of need some kind of initial access to get started um and so you know I think there's probably some things we can do um if if we if we can you know get to know the person and like make sure they're not going to do anything nefarious on the network um like we'd definitely be open to that so I would say like if you're out there and you want to Connect to the network, or you want to experiment, or you want to contribute, um, and you, you you feel like you don't know how to get access. Definitely reach out to people. Maybe join this call and ask here, or just reach reach out to Coil or reach out to Uphold or GitHub, and and see what what people say. Like uh, there might be more opportunities than than you realize.
0: Yeah, I I agree, and 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 one thing to bear in mind, for example, like if you look at Uphold. Um, you know, they already have a a model of like third-party apps where you can go and register with them, have a business account, create an app, get API access to other Uphold users' accounts to be able to send and receive money and so on. And and I think that model is exactly where they want to go with Interledger access. So, you know, the more people who are actively building stuff and saying, hey, this is what we want to do and how we want to use Interledger, the better. Um, And I think I mentioned on a previous call One of the main things that we've heard from uh, the the wallets is that in terms of like how they're regulated, being able to talk to their regulators about the use cases that they're supporting is really important. So if you do want to build stuff, um, come and talk to the rest of the community about what you want to build and what use cases you want to support, because that actually, she helps the wallets to, to be able to build a concrete case for giving you intellectual access. "Hey, okay, cool. Here's, here's how you can send ILP or receive ILP packets from us um, for that use case, uh, because we've talked it through with our regulator and they're totally happy with that.
4: And I think like, just to give an example, like cinnamon, they wanted to build this uh, video uh, sharing platform. And like at the time we didn't have receipts. So you had to be on the network if you wanted to do that. And so we just peered with them basically. And and, like, we looked at the use case, it seemed to not require licensing. So we were okay with it. Um, And so we're happy to peer with them. So again, like if someone else wanted to build an application wants to get on the network, we would kind of look at it and we'd say like, okay, does this require licensing as far as we know, or like from our best judgment. And, and if we, if we are comfortable that what you're doing is legal and, and you have the and or you have the appropriate licensing, then um, uh then then we're happy to to work with you
3: not to change the conversation here but um david uh uh mentioned there was a psa on the java connector and uh he had to leave the call early uh, was there anything uh you wanted to talk about there before uh before you had to
1: you read my mind, Kincaid. Uh, I was just typing that up. Uh, so thanks for the call-out. Um, yeah, I we're working on a development roadmap for the 1.0 of the connector, and we have a, like a feature request board. I put a link in the chat here. Um, so if anyone is looking to use the connector, the Java connector in particular, or looking for feature requests, uh, or wanting to vote on like what, what the most important things that we should prioritize, uh, please see that link. Uh, input input wanted so.
0: Cool thanks David. Um, um,
1: I have to jump off really, but I look forward to this discussion in uh, in the podcast. So thanks. We'll
0: we'll, we'll take your vote as keep it to current cadence, David. Sure. Um, thanks. <laughs> all right. Cool. Um, any other thoughts on on like this call? How you know uh, are there specific topics or kind of genre of topics that people want to cover? Do we want to get into technical detail here? Um, do we want to discuss specs? Um, does anyone have anything else that they think we should be diving into in these calls? Um, back to the development of open payments, maybe. Any thoughts? Any suggestions on how we can build the agenda a little bit more proactively? So at the moment we've got that thread in the forum, um, which I do try to get set up ahead of time. I know one or two weeks I've I've been a bit slow and it's only up a few days before the call, but is is that working? Would folks prefer an easier way? Maybe I can send a reminder via Slack or email um, more ahead of time for people to add topics.
4: Maybe we as a community could be a little bit more proactive and whenever we read something on the forum just invite people to also talk about this during this call.
0: Yeah, that's know a good if idea. Everybody
4: is is aware of this call that is posting stuff on the forum.
0: That's a good idea. I think I think um especially cuz the discussions on here are generally really productive. Um asynchronous discussion via the forum and Slack can be slow and Get stale. Um, I would I would love to broaden the scope a bit as well, like include some more discussion around Codeus, around like uh, ILP torrent projects people are building. Um, I don't know, Brandon, Davina, if you would be open to spending some time on the next few calls, giving some demos or talking to people, talking to like the group on like what you're doing.
1: I'd okay, be open to that.
0: me too so so what i'll do i think for the next few calls is see if i can like go on a model of trying to get like one demo one call it a guest speaker um so i'll try and proactively reach out to some of you and see if we can tee tee one person up for each of the next few calls and then hopefully that generates us a bit of momentum um and and see how we go uh, but also emphasizing the points Stefan made. If you, if you, you know, listening to this recording or you're on the call today and you have stuff, you would be interested in building, um, but not sure where to start, please you know get hold of someone talk to us on the forums on Slack, join this call. Um, and, and, you know, this is a, it's, there's a real working payments network. It's, it's nascent, it's small, it's, it's growing. Um, but it's, it's real money. And, uh, We'd love to continue growing at both in terms of participants and in terms of volume. So um, if you have ideas on how to do that or things you want to build, let us know. I think um, we'd, we'd certainly from Coil would love to connect you in and we can help make introductions to you know, other participants on the network to pair with you as well. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest we just stick to our two-week cadence, which means our next call is going to be uh, – let me just check my calendar here. Um, it's going to put us on the 14th of October. So 14th of October, somebody on this call expects to get a, an email from me to ask you to prepare a few slides or a demo or something. Um, but I certainly would love to learn a bit more about like what, what you guys have been doing, um, people who I know have been building some stuff. Um, maybe George, um, it'll be, uh, possible to get a demo from you as well, uh, as you progress with what you're busy with. Um, and then, uh, I'll, I'll try and make that a, a regular thing for the next few calls. Any other, any other topics anyone wants to cover? Otherwise we can call it early today.
3: Uh, one minor thing, uh, on open payments, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Ben, uh, opened an issue on backwards compatibility and the fields being slightly different from SPSP. Um, <laughs> curious about your... I, yeah, I, I, I like,
0: remember doing that intentionally. Uh, that yeah, I'll, I haven't seen the issue. Um, I'll go and have a look, but I do remember us intentionally switching to a consistent camel case, um, or was it snake case? but trying to be consistent, um, I'll go and look. What, what, do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think we should support both?
3: I mean, my, my take, so the, if there's no path in the payment pointer, uh, open payments already resolves it slightly differently. So instead of well-known slash pay, you go to well-known slash open payments. Um, so that's already somewhat breaking in that. I, do, do
0: we have to do that? Uh, I mean, that's maybe, that's maybe a mistake. Maybe we should, maybe we should not do that. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, my feeling is we should be as unbreaking as possible. Like open payments should be the evolution of like SPSP. Uh, there's if there's enough SPSP implementations out there that we shouldn't just break them all is my thinking. Um, yeah, not- have to make a few Compromises like, using snake case, but <laughs> that, that seems like a small price to pay.
4: Yeah, I, I would say like, I would go even stronger. I would say, unless there's an absolute, like this, we cannot get around breaking something. Um, I would say coil will not adopt any version of the standard that, that is breaking. to Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, I, I wasn't aware that there was that inconsistency. Thanks for pulling that out, Kincaid. Maybe that's something I can, you know, I can do. And if anyone else wants to um, do the same, if you spot anything like that little inconsistencies um, that would make uh, deploying open payments as spec today incompatible or not backwards compatible with an SPSP server, um, please do raise an issue. I'll work through those issues um, over the course of the next week or two. We can we can discuss them Um in more detail on the next call when we've had a chance to look at them all. But thanks for bringing that up. Okay, well, thanks everyone. We'll chat again on the 14th um, with a surprise guest. Yay! Enjoy the 20 minutes you just got back in your day uh, and we'll talk again in two weeks.
4: Awesome, thanks Adrian. And one thing quickly for the recording, um, I said earlier, um, if you're what you're doing is legal Andrew, you, ha- you have the required licensing I would see me in, and you have the required licensing, um, which may be no licensing if there's none required, but just wanted to clarify that so I don't get myself in trouble. That's
0: all. <laughs> the please don't edit that part out of the recording. Yeah,
4: exactly. All right, I
2: never cut you. anything from the end.
0: Only the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so, all, so all my corny jokes are recorded. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Great. Adrian, maybe you should listen back to some of those Thank recordings if we need to go back and censor anything. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye.
0: Yeah, hold the gangsters one day. Cheers, everyone.